Today's podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium, free, 30-day, one-game-out trial specifically for Picture Lock listeners at GameflyOffer.com slash PictureLock. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started Picture Lock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR. Finally, a partner as passionate as you. Welcome to another Unlocked episode of the world-famous award-winning Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find all the back episodes and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. This Unlocked episode features my full conversation with Desmond Jackson. Desmond is the director of Funk Force, which features a dysfunctional team of young black superheroes and their mission to tackle their most daunting foe to date. In this full interview, we dive deeper into the film and his thought process behind creating it. Now, I say it in the interview, and it's true, Funk Force is unapologetically black, and by that I mean it talks about real issues in a real way, albeit through satire, and the way that folks in the black community would talk. So we dig into why Desmond chose to use the language he did as a means to an end, how Undercover Brother has <laughs> influenced his filmmaking, and a whole lot more. In short, don't be scared, it's all love. <laughs> as always, I'm gonna get my usual inspill out of the way and let you know that you can find Picture Lock on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Pinterest, and Periscope. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Pull out your phone right now, download the Stardust app, and follow me at Picture Lock Show. Now, Stardust is an app where true film and TV fans share 3 to 30 second video reactions to movies, shows, and trailers. I've enjoyed being on it thus far because I can get my thoughts out quickly, and this is where you can get some of my unfiltered first reactions. So, it's just kind of, I watch something, I tell you what I think about it, and move forward. So check it out if you're heavy into movies and TV. I like it, and no, I am not an affiliate. You can download the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and other places podcasts are downloaded. In fact, if you have it, tell your Amazon device, Alexa, play Picture Lock and TuneIn. And you got me. I love doing it. I do it every single week. It's just, that's how I listen to it now. It's fun. <laughs> 
feel free to give the show a hearty review if you're enjoying it. Don't forget to check out the website, pitcherlockshow.com, for movie reviews, news, and to subscribe to our newsletter to get a chance to win tickets for movie screenings in the DMV. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on the website. Plus, I want to hear from you. What did you think about the full interview with Desmond? What's one of your favorite episodes so far this year? Send me an email if you're enjoying the show or want to give some feedback at picturelockshow at gmail.com. All music is done by Mike S. The Prophet 13. Thanks, bro. And with that, let's get into the unlocked version of my conversation with filmmaker Desmond Jackson. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and Funk Force is a satirical short film that follows the mission of a dysfunctional team of young black superheroes as they tackle their most daunting foe to date, a hip-hop sensation hell-bent on hypnotizing the black community. I've got the director of said short, Desmond Jackson, on the line. Desmond, welcome to Picture Lock. Hello, how's it going, Kevin? Man, it's going pretty well, man. I'm, I'm so, I'm so looking forward to talking to you about this film. I, it just resonated with me on so many levels, especially the nerd in me. Uh, but the first question I always start out with, man, is when did you first fall in love with film? Uh, man, I think I've fallen in love with film just since childhood. Uh, since the since I was five, uh, me and my father would always go to the movie theater every weekend. Um, and just see new releases, new animated films, uh, new kid films. Uh, and so he was kind of a huge film buff and a film nerd. And so he kind of transposed that onto me. And um, yeah, I was, <laughs> ever since I was five, ever since I was a kid, I've been in love with film. That's what's up. Now, um, was there a specific film that like really caught your eye? And if not, just in terms of falling in love with film, I got to know, what was that anime that you saw that you were just like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm in love with this, this art form. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I have to think back. I think the first anime I really fell in love with uh, was Digimon. Because uh, that came on the Saturday morning uh, kids, bro- kids programming on Fox, New- uh, Fox Kids. And, right. Man, I was like, man, I want him to digivolve into the higher level, and they need to work together to conquer this uh, the Venomiotis mon. Man, I can still remember <laughs> the names <laughs> to this date. But yeah, that was, I think, my first anime. And like back then, I didn't even know what an anime really was. But um, I have cousins and uncles, and we've all kind of been like uh, anime nerds to a certain extent. So they've been into the culture, and they uh, brought me into it. And we would always watch like. Um, fight uh fighting animes here and there i think there was like a street fighter um animation done and yeah we would always just gather together and watch those kind of things but yeah uh digimon was like my first big anime and um in terms of films i'm trying to i don't remember the first film i watched that like really got me like i just fell in love with film but i think um I I was just really big into like TV shows uh, as a kid Um, and going back to the kids programming for Fox kids um, Power Rangers. I would watch on a regular basis. (laughs) Yeah. Just everything on those kids programming. Yeah. Like I really fell in love with Power Rangers. And so that just kind of like really where it started off for me, I think. You know, it's funny because um, when I, when I was watching uh, Funk Force, I automatically was like, 
Yo, this is Power Rangers meets Dragon Ball meets Black Exploitation. <laughs> like, and, and 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 literally, it was exactly what you're just talking about. It took me back to the days of like when Power Rangers would come on after school on Fox, and mm-hmm. um and on the on on the weekends. And I just used to love that show. And uh, at one time, I like I asked my grandmother because she could she could knit, and I was like, "Can you make me a Power Rangers costume?" Because you know, back then, like they didn't really make like the the kind of superhero you know kind of costumes like they do now. Like you can go get Black yeah. Panther, Captain America, Iron Man, all that stuff. No no problem. But yeah, man. So I, I definitely I feel you on that, and and I am going to geek out about that a little bit later. But. Uh, <laughs> Let, just if you could let the audience know um, how you got into the the industry. Yeah, sure. So uh, when I was in high school, um, junior year, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was like, I'd prepare myself later. I'm going to study law. I love debating people. Um, and then strangely enough, I think um, I, my friend told me about this acting competition. And so uh, I was just really intrigued in it. Like when she told me about it, I auditioned. Uh, just on a whim and I, I got into their competition. Um, and so from that, I was like, all right, I really want to start building up a reel and stuff. And so um, I made a video club in high school where uh, I just filmed short skits with uh, some of my high school friends. And uh, from that, I was just like, oh, man, like I really love the acting part, but I really, really loved like the directing and producing and just getting all these elements together. And so after that, um, I didn't do too well in the acting competition uh, when it finally happened. But um, from there on, I was just like, I really want to study filmmaking when I go to college. And so I went to Hofstra University out here in Long Island, New York. And it was, um, I came in knowing nothing <laughs> about film. And that school really taught me a lot about the basics of filmmaking, storytelling uh, structure, uh, what it's like being on set. And uh, while I was there, I produced about four short films and including Funk Force. I started uh, conceptualizing Funk Force there and uh, I filmed it as my senior thesis project. And then um, took me about a couple of years to, <laughs> to finish the post-production process just because I wasn't aware of how daunting that process was. But yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Hofstra University really taught me um, everything I know now about filmmaking, really gave me the tools to kind of be successful in the industry. And so... From there, I um, I graduated, worked for Marvel Television on like Daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones, and then I kind of transitioned more into an office environment. That kind of is where I'm at currently at AMC Networks right now. So, word, you're listening to Picture Lock. I'm your host Kevin Sampson. I'm talking to the director of the live action short film displaying heroes of color like no other, Funk Force, Mr. Desmond Jackson. Yeah, man, that's an awesome story, and it's really cool to see that uh, you have not only uh, followed your dreams and you're getting funk force out there, but you're also working in the industry, as I'm sure that's only going to help you more in terms of being a producer and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, Desmond, if you could, uh, you know, I've, I've given the, the audience kind of like what the film is about, but you got to tell me, like, how do you put this together? Because... Uh, for me, when I watched Funk Force, I felt like it was reminiscent of like Robert Townsend um, back in the day and, uh, <laughs> you know, the Hollywood shuffle in a sense. And like I said, I do think that it's, you know, kind of Power Rangers meets exploitation. But in terms of like 
speaking truth through comedy and 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 it's a little bit like you know kind of over the top but like the truth is in the message so i gotta know like just like how did you conceive this thing (laughs) yeah sure man i think um i have to give all praises due to uh my favorite film of all time still undercover brother uh stars eddie griffin and has dave chappelle Uh, a few other notable black cast members, but that film I think is a very underrated action comedy and people like still pass on it. And when I tell them it's my favorite film, they're just like, what? Undercover Brothers? (laughs) But but that film really, really um, inspired me like to not, you can have comedy, but also have like a a great social message with, because there's a lot of uh, subtleties and nuances with Undercover Brother that are over the top and, very overt but also very covert with its message of like teamwork and like we get all races kind of need to work together uh, in order to kind of like actualize their goals and so i was really inspired by that film to uh, make funk force and of course uh, my background with just watching a ton of power rangers and anime i um i really wanted to kind of combine all my interests um because i went into making funk force like all right this is going to be like (laughs) i'm going to graduate i don't know what's next after this but i want to make a film that as a child i would love to see and like this will be the last film i ever make and so what do i really want to say uh when making this and so yeah that's um that's kind of how i conceptualize it and at the time uh what was it it was uh 2014 and i obama was still in term and um I was just, I was becoming very conscious while I was at Hofstra. I had um, just experienced a lot of covert racism while at that institution. And so I really wanted um, to make a film that kind of spoke to what I was going through uh, with the utilization of the N-word. And also just um, kind of spoke to like where we were in that Obama era. Uh, For those who haven't seen this film, uh, big spoilers, but, the leader dies in like the first two minutes of Funk Force. And um, through that, I kind of wanted to tell a story of how we as um, the African-American community should still be able to come together and actualize our goals and fight for social justice issues without a leader. And it's about harnessing that kind of inner strength that's in all of us. So, so yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, like I didn't even... I didn't even catch that part of it, and now that just made that made the film even better for me. Um, <laughs> man, that dude, you're a deep thinker. Um, yeah, Undercover Brother, I definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> you're making me want to, like, I have to go back and watch that now just to see, like, did I miss something here, or is Desmond just, like, in his own, <laughs> in his own Brother, world? <laughs> let me tell you, I have seen that film probably over... 20 times now just in preparation of like writing funk force and just like enjoying it as a, a film all together and every time i watch it i catch something new it's um it's one of those films that it's like because comedy when you um when you direct comedy when you have a comedy film i'm a strong believer that a lot uh, a lot of films nowadays they just want to use dialogue um and have all this witty banter uh going back and forth but comedy should encompass all elements of the film medium that includes sound design that includes scoring uh that includes blocking and physical comedy um and i feel a lot of films nowadays uh just don't live up to that standard and it's kind of like judd apatow (laughs) with his kind of like raunchy comedies i've kind of transitioned the way a lot of um 
blockbuster and Hollywood films have uh, tackled comedy. And so Undercover Brother really utilizes all those elements. Um, and so that's why I was just like, yeah, with Funk Force, I, I want to try my best to like have all these elements in there and have be a funny film while having a social message. So yeah, undercover brother, man, it's, uh, it's really underrated. Check it out. And like, let me know what you think. Cause <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am going to definitely, um, I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, you, you got me thinking right now and I gotta, I gotta, I'm like trying to look this thing up real quick. Um, but I just watched, uh, a video about like how to do visual comedy, and it, I, I'm not mm. sure if this was like um, I think it's Tony Zhao or Zoo, but he oh, looks at yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was like looking at um, Edgar Wright films and just showing yes. kind of like how you use cinematic language. Which man, okay, first off, folks, once again, this picture like Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the director of Funk Force, uh, Desmond Jackson. And uh, I, I think after hearing you speak, I can officially say, like, this guy is somebody to watch. Because now I know that not only, um, you know, can you put out some great work, like, you have the mind behind it. Because that's one of the things that I actually wanted to get into and kind of geek out mm-hmm. on is the cinematic language of the film is spot on in terms of, like, we were talking about the, an old Power Rangers episode. So, like, you'll have a wide shot that just establishes the setting, right? So we know the spatial uh, integration of all the characters, and then the characters start running toward each other, and, like, this... And it, it's funny how, like, it's a wide shot, and because the camera is on sticks and it's fixed and it's not moving mm-hmm. and we're not pushing into the characters, it just feels so weird to see two people running towards each other, and then <laughs> you, like, stay in with, like, mids and close-ups, uh, but all of these different uh, shots emphasize different things, which I thought was so awesome. And especially, folks, I got to tell you, you got to check this out. I know it's on the festival circuit right now, but um, one of the things that you do do is kind of make use of showing, you know, the gold chains or, you know, which weapon the person is using, all of that to uh, highlight, you know, with the, the villain that the funk force is going up against which is like kind of like some mumblecore, you know, rapper <laughs> that like it what, what was hilarious is once you kind of, you know, the uh, leader kind of does this kami kami high thing, like mm-hmm. the villain starts, you know, rapping and it's like this purple, you know, hypnotic <laughs> thing that goes out to like, you know, capture people's attention. But yeah. I, I know I'm geeking out, but and I'm going to get back onto this, but. All of that really does build up to say something, which I I think is really important. And that's one of the skills that I see um, from you coming out of the film is that you're also making a social commentary on the state of like hip hop and how, you know, honestly, like the the rap these days, I don't listen to because it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, four letter words that rhyme together. (laughs) And I'm not even talking about curse words. I'm just saying like it's like you know, bubble goose rhymes. And yep. the thing that's hypnotic about it is the beat. The beat is awesome. The hook is great. And then whatever they're saying in between, even on the hook, it's like, okay. So <laughs> so I, I know I just said a lot and I'm kind of just big up in the film, but um, can you talk a little bit about like constructing that um, and making sure that while it's an entertaining like fight sequence and things like that, like you're also actually speaking 
to uh, the state of hip hop and kind of waking up and being conscious as you were talking about before? Yeah, I think, um, man, um, that's a that's a very good question. I think when writing the film, because um, I'm a big music enthusiast and um, I love hip hop. Like my favorite rapper is um, Kanye West uh, to this day, even though people say he's crazy, I still think he's still one of the most uh, proficient uh, music artists that's kind of like transcendent genres, but that's not neither here nor there. But, uh, <laughs> nah, most definitely, most definitely. <laughs> But um, I would say when writing it, I definitely wanted, um, I needed I needed a tool. I needed a tool that uh, white institutions use to kind of like manipulate black people. And um, I wanted Funk Force to be up against that institution, but I also wanted um, that institution to have like someone from the black community who they were using as a tool um, to kind of like destroy the black community. And I thought, um, my uh, my friend Maxim Blaine, who helped uh, kind of develop the story, he was just like, "Yeah, he needs to be a hip hop artist because then he can speak on this music um, that's been coming out recently." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's perfect." And so, uh, when writing the hip hop character Aldebucks, um, it um... <laughs> Aldebucks, Aldebucks, yes, um, it was um, it was funny because I got to like kind of go into like the uh the musical nerd in me and like oh man I get to finally like write a rap song (laughs) um and I think for me it was it was definitely speaking to like the state of hip-hop currently where it's just like there's a lot of music that um that just isn't very constructive it's um because I mean you got to think back hip-hop back in the day was used to, to like um rally against the system we had songs like f the police nowadays you don't have that's not really popularized now hip-hop has kind of been commercialized and watered down to just um the lowest base consumer and like people are feeding into it people are eating it up and um i wanted to speak to that through the character of aldebucks and he's being controlled um and manipulated by his uh his white music executive uh who i like to kind of like call his owner um, kind of like a new form of slavery of, of this white music executive utilizing uh, this black slave to kind of uh, target the black demographic. Um, and so whereas Aldebucks has a lot of power, he's still being controlled by someone who has higher power than him. So I just, um, there was a lot of layers I wanted to kind of tackle. And um, I think most of it kind of came through. I wish, um, I know some people have told me when uh, uh, just in other talks with Aldebucks, like, oh, man, like the black heroes, like uh, spoilers again for people who haven't seen the film. But the black heroes like kill the uh, the black villain, man. It's like black on black crime. And to that, I'm like, say, yeah, that's a very valid concern. Um, but I think when someone is being you have to for me, like Aldebucks is kind of a victim in itself, too, because like he's being utilized as a tool and he doesn't even know it. So. Um, yeah, there's a, there's just a lot of layers I tried to, <laughs> to implement with uh, that character and like just speaking about the music industry um, as a lover of like hip hop. So, yeah, no, and I think it does come through, and that's the that's the one thing about this film. It's definitely unapologetically black. So like you just kind of <laughs> gotta be prepared for that. And I and, and as I watch it, like I was I was just thinking, you know, I think like um, you know maybe like our parents might might or you know, they might watch it and they might be like a little turned off at first because like you said, the utilization of the N-word and things like that. But Mm -hmm. I think it's all for 
um, a means to an end to actually spark a conversation afterwards. So that's why I think like films like this are really important. And it's the same thing, like I said, with uh, Robert Townsend and the Hollywood Shuffle um, and, uh, you know, the Wayans brothers and uh, some of their f earlier films um, and just how like by using comedy um, and 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 in some ways, like some of the rawness of the the language, um, to actually uh, speak on something that's bigger. So I think that's huge. One question I wanted to ask, um, yeah, is you know uh, what were some of the? Uh, I guess you kind of alluded to you know post kind of being one of the um, things that uh, were a little bit difficult, but like just in terms of filming um, something like this, because you know, everybody has a costume and it's kind of like, you can tell <laughs> who's the blue ranger, quote unquote, or for funk yeah. force, you know, member of the red, yellow, all that kind of stuff. Um, so like, what were some of the difficulties in like putting something like this together? And then what were like, what was like your best memory um, doing it? Wow. Um... I guess difficulties, um, the fight choreography, that's definitely one thing that stood out. Um, and also the visual effects. Um, the fight, I had to find a fight choreographer and luckily I found a, a teacher at Hofstra uh, who was able to like uh, choreograph uh, what I had written down in the script. Um, but the actors um, were just so gracious and being willing to learn these different weapons and everything on their own time. Um, I have to say, I really had a great cast that were, was really dedicated to learning it because it fitted, I, I imposed a lot on them with, with the action scenes. Uh, <laughs> they were up for the challenge. Yeah. Um, and let's see, yeah, this post-production was so daunting just because they didn't really teach that much about post-production at Hofstra, especially when it came to visual effects. And so here I am trying to, um, I didn't really plan like I had planned to have visual effects in the film, but I didn't do the work in pre-production for like when we were filming to like, all right, like this needs to be like green screened or we need to have a plate shot and stuff like that. Stuff I know now, but like back when I graduated, I like had no idea of some of this stuff. <laughs> so right. um, I um, it was just a very daunting process because we also had like we had some recording issues on set because uh, we filmed at. Maria Hernandez Park in Brooklyn, and there was like some construction going on, so we had to ADR a lot of stuff, which was uh, a new thing for me. I had never done that before with some of the other short films I did, and um, yeah, that was a whole process. And like, just find, you know, I think one of the most difficult parts uh, for post production was just finding a team, a post production team that was like willing to stick with the film and really had a vision. And um, it took me a couple tries, but I finally found individuals that um, saw the vision and um, they were really enthusiastic about the film. They got the concept um, and people who were passionate as I were, because I was about ready to like drop the film in post-production. I was just like, oh, I can't, this is too much. It's like a lot more money. I didn't budget for this. Right. Um, and, uh, but just having people bring new energy into it and just having a new enthusiasm just, um, it reinvigorated the project and um, I, you can just feel the love they incorporated with the sound design and the score. Um, Cause the score was also something that was kind of new. I wanted to kind of combine um, this orchestral anime sound that I've uh, heard in like animes like Gurren Lagann um, and like kind of like Naruto and everything. And then I wanted to combine like funk elements, um, old funk elements into it as well. So it was, uh, it was kind of difficult like articulating that, but um, I found an awesome score composer, uh, 
Mitch Ling, yeah, he um, he really did his thing with the score, and so did uh, Dean Vlachos with the sound design, and Kevin Rest with uh, the visual effects. They all just um, brought their A game, and I don't think the film would be what it is without them. So <sighs> that was a that was yeah, it was just a very daunting process. Like people really need to understand post production more because it is a beast of its own. <laughs> Well, uh, definitely glad that those folks were able to work on it because I think at the end of the day, like, you know, we, I, I mean, I know that a lot went into creating the film, but I don't think we get to hear um, from directors all the time, like, and just in how daunting of a task it can be because it's easy to consume something and be like, oh, man, that was garbage or, oh, I love that film, but, like, you don't necessarily know, like, what all went into it. So I appreciate you illuminating the audience on that. Um, so we're going to kind of bring things to a close pretty soon, but I do want to know, like, what was your, um, you know, favorite moment, a great memory from uh, the film altogether, and maybe even, you know, as it started to make its festival runs, um, you know, that, that moment the audience gets it and starts clapping or laughing and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, man, best moment on set. There was definitely, like, Ooh, it was stressful, man, because I was <laughs> directing it and I was kind of, like, kind of producing it too. So it was a, it was a lot of stress. But I'm trying to think, um, what was one of the, um, you know, I think there's two moments. There was two moments. Um, one is um, when we were filming all the uh, stuff with all the bucks. One of the challenges that came up is that. Um, the actor I had originally had for all the bucks dropped out the day before his big scene the first day before we filmed with him. And so that was, um, that was soul crushing for me because like, I was like, man, I lost an actor. Like, I don't even know what to do. And so we kind of had to rearrange things for that day. But um, the week after when we were sh uh, picking up those scenes, um, I found a new actor for all the books. And um, he, um, it was funny cause he had auditioned originally for another role. Um, and I had given that to a, a, the actor who now plays Chris. He, he came on for all the books and like, he brought his, a game like I wasn't expecting the level of just I guess attitude and villainy and just sheer like ratchetness that he brought with, <laughs> <laughs> with all the books and so when we first filmed his scene I was just like oh my god and his evil laugh oh man like he really brought the rain and I feel like he's one of the sleeper hits this is definitely like the evil villain like this is he brings like that level of like power ranger like villainous uh villainy to uh to the role and it just it wasn't what i was expecting and, and it exceeded my expectations like tenfold and uh just seeing it like when we did that first take that was astounding to me just hearing him rap and just really getting into it and just really embodying that role that was amazing and then um I think the other part that was really cool for me was um filming the action scenes man I've always like <laughs> I, I love um anything dealing with action just to see um all the stuff we choreographed come to life that was amazing like with the um when the actress uh descent headlong um who plays janine she twirls the pole when she summons it that was just like oh man like this is so cool i was literally geeking out on uh on set um like just with all the action scenes and stuff so so yeah that was uh those were like the highlights for me um and then just um i also got to work with my best friends on the film they were some of the extras and the background actors so just um 
having them be around and just having them have fun because um, I do make a cameo role <laughs> in the film uh, during the Aubon Pond scene. And so just being around, <laughs> yeah, it was me. And so uh, just having them around me and then just like being all up in it, that was kind of like a, a personal favorite moment for me as well. So um, yeah, there's, um, I'm, I think overall, I'm just happy the film has gotten done. I think with the festival circuit, we, um, what is it? We just recently won the Audience Choice Award at the Super Geek Film Festival in January nice. uh, that took place in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So we're definitely looking forward to other film festivals. We've applied to uh, the Big, uh, Big Apple uh, Black Cinema Showcase. Um, so we're hoping to get into that. And so, yeah, we just um, we really just want to share the film. I'm hoping to um, shop the film around as a, a tv series and so i'm kind of utilizing this short film as like a, a pilot of sorts and so we're just trying to uh find people who are interested in the product get feedback and uh yeah hopefully take it to a, a network and get it like a whole series produced you're listening to picture lock i'm your host kevin sampson i've been talking with the director of funk force desmond jackson um yeah man i could totally see this as a, a series um and 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 if anything, at least a web series until you can get it mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, a network or something like that, because um, I think you got a lot to say. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how the funk force takes on different issues. Um, so, as I said, man, just kind of wrapping it up, if you could, if folks wanted to find out more about the film, follow you guys social media, how can they do that? Yeah, sure. So uh, we have a website, funkforcefilm.com. Uh, we're on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, follow us at, uh, at funkforcefilm. <laughs> um, you can follow me at my website, Desmond Jackson Productions. Um, and yeah, we hope uh, people really um, enjoy the film when they see it in festivals. And uh, yeah, just all the support we can get, the better. Ladies and gents, when uh, years from now I go to this podcast episode and I say, hey, I told you guys way back then that this guy is somebody to watch. I'm saying it right now. He's somebody to watch. <laughs> Desmond Jackson, director of Funk Force. Thanks for coming on Picture Lock. Thank you, man. You are killing me with kindness. I appreciate you having me. For you, the listeners of Picture Lock's podcast, Gamefly is offering a premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I used to play PlayStation a ton pre-kids. I had money to buy the latest game out, but I really don't have the time or money like I used to to give towards my hobby. That's why Gamefly makes so much sense. For a low monthly fee, I can get the latest console and handheld game delivered to my door. I keep it as long as I want and can send it right back to get a new one. The cool thing is, if you like a game so much that you don't want to send it back, you can keep it for a low used price. There are never any due dates or late fees. To get your free trial today, go to GameflyOffer.com slash PictureLock. Again, that's GameflyOffer.com slash PictureLock for your free 30-day trial.